You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at this one act and this thought of, of one act, the significance that it, it had on, on us. In particular today, we're looking at the death in itself. And so we're going to read Romans 5, 6 to 11. The words are going to be on the screen for us to to see it together. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now, sorry, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved by God's, from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. There's just three thoughts I have on this passage in particular that I want to touch on. Christ's one act of dying on the cross was in perfect timing. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where uh, you're in a bit of a bind and, and at just the right time, the right person comes along. Have you ever had that situation? Um, I remember, although I wasn't the one in, in that situation, Donna was driving a group of young people back from, uh, do you mind if I share the story? Okay. <laughs> I'm already into it. She was driving a group of young people back from a, a youth retreat. We were in a bit of a caravan. Uh, it was in the winter months, and uh, we were kind of separated from each other on the, on the kind of A roads, back country of Canada. No f- mobile phone signal, kind of really in the middle of nowhere. Kind of, I think it was minus 20, very cold. Anyways, their vehicle... Uh, ends up in the ditch. Um, it went off the road for some unknown reason. Ice. Okay, ice. <laughs> Sorry, I got to get the story straight. There was ice. Donna navigated the vehicle safely into the ditch through the ice. Anyways, they were in a predicament because in the nighttime in Canada, when you're in kind of uh, the country roads, you might not ever see a vehicle come along. And again, having no mobile phone signal, houses being a long ways away, and it being minus 20, uh, you're in a bit of a predicament, aren't you? And uh, in that story, or in this situation, they, there was a person that came along with a 4 by 4 vehicle, with a chain, and was able to pull him out at just the right time. Donna came back to the church thinking, I'm positive it was an angel, because at the point they came out, She went to go thank him, and the vehicle was gone. Point is this. In this passage of Scripture, it says, You see, at just the right time, when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. At just the right time. You know, when Christ came to this earth 2,000 years ago, it wasn't just by chance. It was at just the right time. It was at just the right time because for you and for me, actually, we were in a powerless situation where we could not get ourselves out of the ditch, as it were. We were condemned to death. We were on death row. And at just the right time, in this state, Christ came. 
knowing it was the appointed moment for him to come. You know, we look at Scripture in the Old Testament and the prophetic words that were given, and Christ came at this appointed time, at just the right time, not a day too soon or a day too late did he come and die for us. It was perfect. We had an awaiting judgment, but Christ knew that, and he came at just the right moment. In this moment, do you know what? Christ is never too late, and do you know, I think even as we continue to follow the Lord, we can understand even in this scripture that Christ comes along in our lives at just the right time. He continues to come along in our lives at just the right time. He is there and he will never leave us nor forsake us. Jesus came at the appointed moment in history. It was no accident. Secondly, though, he, he, this one act was the ultimate demonstration of God's love for us. We see this in verse eight. It says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is no greater demonstration of love than dying for another. Correct? I mean, we can do a lot of things to demonstrate love. We can buy flowers. We can buy chocolates. We can, you know, send nice cards saying how much we appreciate someone. But the greatest example or demonstration of love is to die for them. And in this passage, we see clearly that God demonstrated his love in this one act for us, not because we were good people. It isn't because we are nice Christians that Jesus died for us. But it is while we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, Christ died for us. A demonstration, this ultimate demonstration of how much God loves you. And I think when we, we remember the, the sacrifice of Christ, we, we see this under the backdrop of love. The only reason Jesus went to the cross is because God so loved you. He so loved me. That was the only reason. There would be no other reason why he would be punished and crucified. He was not guilty of any sin. Jesus was a, a flawless person. He, know, he knew no wrong. Yet he died because of a great love. In order to satisfy God's judgment. That was given to you and to me because we were still sinners. Because we were in death row. Because we were in that state. Because I love you so much. I'm going to send my son for you. You know, I think today, if there's nothing else we take away from this moment, and you might have been a Christian a very long time, but I pray that there's just a resounding voice again in your heart of God saying, I love you. This is because I love you. I, I'm passionate about you. There's no greater thing I can show my love than this. This one act. God loved you enough to take your place. To die in your place. Opposed to him, yet God loves us. He loves us in our state of sinfulness, yet he loves us enough to rescue us from this place. We can know that we are loved because a creator died for us. This one act displays it all. But then as we follow the story, even as we follow this passage on, it's, it, there's a third element to this that is also deeply significant. At just the right time, Christ came. But he came out of this passionate love that was going to be demonstrated towards you. But there was a, there was another point to it. And it wasn't just to pay for sin, but it was to reconcile you to him. 
You see, God wasn't just concerned about you not facing eternity in hell. He wants to have a relationship. He wants to be restored in this relationship with you. And so actually, this, this heart of God is, is that we would be reconciled to God through the death of His Son. That we would be reconciled to God. This one act reunited us with God the Father because sin created this great barrier this great separation from Adam when he sinned, there suddenly became this, this barrier that was, that couldn't be surpassed. But Christ came that it could be reconciled. You know what? God wants to have this relationship where we're encouraged in Hebrews to come boldly before his throne of grace. We're actually because of what Christ done. Actually, I can know the heart of the Father. He's given me his spirit so I can know his thoughts. I, he wants to have this relationship where I would understand that he is Abba Father. He's not a God up there with a big stick just waiting to hit me when I do something wrong because Christ took my punishment for that. But he's a God who wants to have communion with me. He wants to he, he wants me to know him and he wants me to allow him into my heart, into the the most intimate parts of who I am, and take residence there. We see this verse in Revelation where Jesus, I stand at the door and knock, right? Who's he knock? Whose heart's he knocking? He's knocking on our hearts saying, actually, I want to come in and eat with you and have relationship. Why? Because that is why I died. Jesus didn't die for just one thing of just pain for sin. He, he died so that we could know him. He died so that we could know the heart of the Father. And we don't need to stand at a distance ashamed of past guilt and, and things that we've done and say, oh, I'm not worthy. Do you know what? Christ declares us worthy. Because He paid that price, He declares us worthy. And so we can now, we can come boldly. The, 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 the sin of our past is gone. We can come into His presence. And He gives us His Spirit that declares in our hearts that we are His children. How good is that? You know, you might have lived a life where you didn't know love or you weren't accepted in the family, but can I tell you what? You have a Heavenly Father who did everything to restore a relationship with you. You have a Heavenly Father that gave His very best so He could know you and you could know Him and that you could come into His presence anytime you wanted. We have a Father that loves us more than any earthly father ever could. What an amazing God we have. And what an amazing uh, story we have to look back, not as a fairy tale, but as something that actually happened in history. And we have a part to play in that story, in receiving what Christ has done for us. We've been given a, a symbol that originally started with the Passover. And in fact, the the night before Jesus was betrayed, he, he was celebrating the Passover with, with his disciples. And the Passover was really a significant thing for the Israelites as they, as they remembered and they, they had the symbol to, to, uh, remember their, their freedom that was given to them when they were, the, the night they, they left from Egypt, they were to sacrifice a lamb. They were to put the blood on the doorposts. They were to eat this meal together. They were to be ready to leave at that night, that moment when the firstborn of all the Egyptians uh, died. It became an ordinance that God had requested Israel to celebrate, to remember God's salvation. 
Now, in this Passover, Jesus, they were sitting around, probably not on chairs, not around tables like this, but they were eating a meal. The Passover is a meal. They were eating, and, and suddenly Jesus connects the dot of this meal of Passover with himself. And suddenly there was a, a the, the, the story progressed because the Passover was only symbolic of what he was going to do to a much greater extent. He was going to become the Passover lamb for you and for me. And actually he was now declaring that this that you are taking is me. I am the Passover lamb. I'm the one sacrificing my life for your freedom, for your forgiveness, for your salvation. I am that lamb. And actually, when we take it, and from this point onwards, when you take it, don't take it in remembrance of Egypt. Take it in remembrance of me. The story shifted. And at this point, the church onwards was now, we're no longer celebrating something that happened to the Israelites coming out of Egypt. We're now celebrating our salvation from sin and death into new life in Christ. And so we have this still today for you and for me to celebrate what Christ has done. And so I'm going to read a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 11. And Paul is encouraging the church with this passage. He says this, I received from the Lord, but I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night, um, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this when, whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's a significant thing that we have, and I, I realize that we don't, we don't celebrate communion or come around communion only once a year on, on Good Friday. We, we do it on a regular basis as a church family. But we do this in remembrance of Him. The bread given to us, even as we celebrate it today, is, is His body. It represents His body that was broken on our behalf. The cup establishing this new covenant by grace, where it is no longer by our works. It's no longer about trying to keep a law, but it's all about what Christ has done. You see, 2,000 years ago, the law was satisfied in Christ. Why is that important for you and for me? Why do we need to kind of remember it even as we come to the, the communion table? Is because it is no longer by works. It is not by works that we are saved. It is by grace. And it is through the work of Christ. It's through His blood that we have a new covenant. And the new covenant is this. We simply have to put our faith in Jesus. How simple is that? He's paid it all. And all He asks of you and me is just simply to put our faith in Him to no longer live for self, but to live for Him. And it's all ours. The forgiveness, the freedom, all that He's paid, it's ours. We receive this great payment. Communion is remembrance of this one act and all that it signifies. When we take it, we proclaim His death until He comes because it's His death that changed everything. It's His death that changed everything. I mean, we will look on Sunday about His resurrection because that even changed it more. But certainly his death paid a price that you and I could never pay. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.